The following presentation is a publication of Purple Wolf Global Media. Find us online at www.purplewolfglobalmedia.com and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to this first episode of When the Wolf Talks. I'm your host, Inkwell, and today we will be talking about art as medicine and interviewing Ensign Blemmel, getting to know him, asking about his latest musical endeavors, and listening to some of his newest music. Most of us have seen or heard about some type of art being used as a means of therapy, whether it's a friend, co-worker, family member, or a scene from a favorite show. We have been exposed to the idea that letting out in a creative manner can be soothing and aid in self-discovery. A place here in Albuquerque offers the opportunity to create with your fellow man for free. Off-Center Community Arts Project provides a free, well-stocked, and safe open studio space for art making. Their mission is to enhance the lives of all people in our community, especially those marginalized, through art making and creative social interaction in a safe environment. They have a supply for visual and textile arts, have live music sometimes, and offer a variety of workshops from arts to music, handcrafts to writing, that can be seen on their website's calendar. And anyone is welcome. They're open Wednesday through Friday from noon to 5 p.m. and Saturday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Artist therapy in the professional medical sense came about in the 1940s. In 1969, the American Art Therapy Association was formed. Their definition of art therapy is that it's an integrative mental health and human services profession that enriches the lives of individuals, families, and communities through active art making, creative process, applied psychological theory, and human experience within a psychotherapeutic relationship. Art therapy was coined by British artist Adrian Hill in 1942 when he recognized the therapeutic uses for drawing and painting as therapy while recovering in a sanatorium. Meanwhile, in the U.S., we had Margaret Naumberg, who was recognizing art to help child development. She encouraged expression in her patients through their imagery on their terms. And Hannah Koyakowski, who in her therapy focused attention away from the individual and more on defining roles in family. This led to further study in expressive arts therapy, of which art therapy is only a part. According to an article in Psychology Today, the difference between expressive arts therapy and art therapy is that expressive arts therapy draws from a variety of art forms, while art therapy tends to be based on one particular art form. In expressive arts therapy, one can do painting and drawing, music, sculpting, or dance. Since we are a music podcast, we'll be focusing on music therapy and how it's used as medicine. Music therapy is thought to help social, emotional, physical, and or cognitive abilities. Other things music is thought to help with are Alzheimer's, substance abuse, brain injuries, physical disabilities, developmental disabilities, and overall mental health. To become a music therapist, one must take classes in biology, music, psychology, physiology, and social and behavioral sciences, as well as 1,200 hours of fieldwork and recertify every five years. The studies on effects of music and sound on health are varied. For instance, there was a study concerning newborn infants and the effect the machines in the room were having on them. Music therapists tried recreating womb and heart sounds which seemed to lower the infant's heart rate. The live singing of their mothers showed better improvement. The babies were more alert, suckling better, and had stronger, deeper breaths. Not surprising, since music has been found to soothe and reduce the stress hormone cortisol. 
In Singapore, there was a study of persistent pain being relieved through live music therapy. According to music therapist Melanie Kwan, active music engagement allows patients to reconnect with healthy parts of themselves. In 2009, Lauren K. King of Wilfrid Laurier University in Canada led a study on the short-term use of vibroacoustic therapy on patients with Parkinson's disease, led to improvements in symptoms such as less rigidity, better walking speed, and reduced tremors. 40 patients were tested with 30 hertz vibration for one minute and one minute break for 10 minutes at a time. There are plans for a longer-term study. It is thought that rhythmic pulses of music can drive and stabilize disorientation. Low-frequency sound may help with thalmocortical dysrhythmia. Thalmocortical dysrhythmia is the disorientation of rhythmic brain activity involving the thalamus, an outer cortex that appears to be involved in several medical conditions, such as Parkinson's, fibromyalgia, and possibly Alzheimer's. The goal of all these studies are to find dosable or prescribable music therapy and music as medicine. And the purpose of medicine, of course, is to heal the sick and relieve the suffering. That's the goal of therapy, too. To aid in the growth, or at least relieve, symptoms. Creative means to do either are a boon to society and help us relate to our fellow human. There are a few art therapists here in Albuquerque, but for those who just want to create, they can go to Off-Center Community Arts Project, which is located at 808 Park Avenue Southwest. More information can be found on their website at offcenterarts.org or by calling them at 505-247-1172. When we come back, we'll be speaking with our featured interview, musician Insan Blemel. For over 10 years, Third Eye Studio has been providing the New Mexico music community a tranquil creative space to record an album, a simple demo for auditions, or to promote yourself or your band. Check out Third Eye Studio's website at thirdeyerecording.com. There are many different packages to suit anybody's needs and budget.
with more from our featured interviewee, Ensign Blemmel. Located in Albuquerque's Paseo del Norte corridor, Duotronic Sound Studio specializes in converting your old VHS, vinyl, cassette tapes, and 8mm reels to modern formats. The studio also offers a 160-square-foot rehearsal and teaching space available for rent. Find us online at www.duotronicsound.com, that's D-U-O-T-R-O-N-I-K sound.com, and let us earn your trust to preserve your memories for you. Today, we have Ensign Blemmel here to talk about some of his music and to uh, answer a few questions for us. Hmm? Awesome. 
Uh, so uh, what do you do art-wise uh, as a means to center, to have some form of therapy? Uh, so I do a lot of uh, composing. Uh, that's part of where I zen out is just at 4 a.m. writing things. Um, but I kind of take a lot of peace from any uh, playing that I do, even a lot of like hired gun work and just playing cheesy rock in clubs. I still try to do what I can to take whatever piece I can get out of it. And, uh, you know, it's all, it's all therapeutic for me. Well, that's good. Um, I know that it can, uh, it can be good even, you know, in the heat of the moment, just, uh, just a small little riff or whatever. I mean, people hum and do all sorts of things, uh, just to get rid of some nerves or to get a little bit of relaxation going on. Um, so, um, what are your musical loves? What are my musical loves? Um, I... Personally, at least right now, I've been really into the uh, uh, more Eastern uh, philosophies on music. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of music that focuses on concepts of Zen and of conical. Um, I, I find that it's very good for the soul, and that's why the Indians have been doing it for however many thousands of years. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've been listening to a lot of a composer named Stephen Wilson. He writes a lot of music that's very somber, but also very close to the heart. The, like a full sound? Yes, it's very full. It's very composed. Um, he's he's kind of interesting. He... he identifies as a producer before he identifies as a guitarist mm -hmm. uh, so even though he plays guitar he has a lot more of a focus on the orchestration than on his actual playing which is it's, it's fresh and it's really revitalizing for me I, I, I enjoy listening to his music um, have you run into any problems here in the industry or with finding mus uh, musical instruments or Anything here in town? Albuquerque is an interesting place. I have had no shortage of problems in Albuquerque, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's you, know, you get the same problems anywhere else. Uh, the market here is certainly very, very niche. Mm -hmm. um, there's not a lot of room for artists to deviate from the market and still expect to get paid which is rather unfortunate because there's a lot of very very creative talents in Albuquerque uh, that aren't necessarily I guess what the industry would say is sellable mm -hmm. uh, you know just being being an underground metal band in Albuquerque right now is not very profitable which is unfortunate Albuquerque also, I've never really had a shortage of finding musical instruments. Mm -hmm. uh, there's right now two corporate retailers and I think three local retailers in Albuquerque. So there's certainly no shortage. I mean, they're all in the same neighborhood. 
Mm -hmm. That's how they survive. They're like all five guitar stores are on Manal and San Pedro. Yeah. You know, that that area. Um, Well, I mean, it's just like having uh, jewelry stores all in one place in like New York City. Like mm -hmm. it's one stop shopping. Yeah. Um, And... I mean, right now, uh, probably the most dangerous thing for me is Facebook Marketplace because I'll just be like <laughs> swiping through uh, Facebook Marketplace and I'll see things. I'll be, ah, I want to buy that, even though I do not have the money to buy it. And then I go and buy it and regret it. But yeah. I don't regret it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've found myself looking at a pocket trumpet and I'm like, I don't even play the trumpet, <laughs> but it looks cool. Um, well, um what are your origins? Like, where, where did you learn how to play and what got you interested? So I studied under a gentleman named Steve Mace. He passed away in 2016. Uh, he was a teacher in Albuquerque for his entire life, which was, I think he's been teaching here since probably the 60s, maybe earlier. Yeah, he's he's been going a while. Um, he was kind of like behind the screen mentor to a lot of the the most uh, successful musicians that came out of Albuquerque, or at least a lot of very successful musicians that came out of Albuquerque. I studied under him for probably about eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did start young, about probably eight years old, but I didn't really like focus until I was probably 11 and started playing in school band yeah um yeah it's immensely difficult to get an eight-year-old to practice yeah Uh, yeah I I had to play the xylophone and yeah getting getting anybody underneath like a certain age to try and focus on anything is a little bit but uh but yeah he was he was he was rather patient with me and dealt with me for eight (laughs) years which I'm eternally grateful for uh it's kind of unfortunate that he only ever got to see me during like my childhood and teenage years when I was like the most annoying. <laughs> uh, but you know, I love the guy. Uh, and then from there, after he passed around in, in 2016 October, uh, he I just started gigging around town a lot. I joined a indie band that was kind of my first outside of school band, and I was. Uh, playing a lot of shows around town, uh, and I was about 16 and a half at the time, so I was getting paid, well, quote-unquote paid and free drinks, but I was 16, so I couldn't redeem them. So uh, I was essentially just gigging out around for free, but I did manage to shake a lot of hands, and uh, later on, about when I turned 18, I started getting a lot of paying gigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rubbing shoulders with the right people early mm-hmm. on. Um, well, what do you enjoy or uh, dislike about either free gigs or just music in general? The free gigs, I do kind of enjoy them to an extent uh, when there's the appropriate amount of mutual respect for musicians. You know, when when the venue and the other bands acknowledge that everyone's here because they want to be here to enjoy themselves and just relax and have a night off uh it's a much healthier environment than a lot of venues in albuquerque which want bands to play for free but also expect like 
an incredible level of profession professionalism. Yeah. Uh, which just doesn't make sense to me why you would want uh, people to behave like your employees when they're not getting paid. Yeah, that's that's it. It's it's having that uh, that professional and that respect. But uh, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I love going to jams and going uh, just to meet people and play and uh, just hear what everyone else has to uh, contribute. And it's it, 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 I certainly have no problem with not getting paid. It's when uh, folks decide to take advantage of people who are willing to not get paid that kind of irks me. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that that happens in almost any type of creative industry. Uh, but yeah, I can imagine music, it, it gets even even worse just because you also have an audience to that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any specific uh, inspirations for any of your current songs? Right now, a lot of my most recent work has been a little bit more on the Americana uh, bluegrass side of things, uh, but with just a little bit of my own personal flavor. Um, and that comes from the very strong Americana scene in Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more so just working with a lot of Americana musicians here has shown me where to find some of the more beautiful and less cheesy parts of uh country in americana uh just because like country music right now it is very very cheesy if you're not careful Uh, and so i kind of put a lot of work into trying to make sure that i was being respectful to the industry while also not just cranking out a cheesy old country record yeah it's it's sort of like uh trying to get the storytelling aspect of it but not necessarily going into and this is my tractor this is my girl this is my dog and by the way yeah yeah yeah. um and so i uh, a lot of uh inspiration from emmy lou harris on this one willie nelson uh albert lee um just a lot a lot of local folks who Mm -hmm. i've just been working with who have shown me a lot of really interesting things within the genre yeah um if you can collaborate with anyone living or dead on a piece of music who do you think it would be like right now because i know that that's a very very wide question and moods change and feelings change that 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 is a very broad question (laughs) um i at least right now would want to work with uh Stephen Wilson uh just mm-hmm. because he has such a unique take on composition and production okay. uh which is kind of a side of music that I'm still working on getting into uh from after spending 10 years to become a player now I'm trying to uh, also figure out how to become a composer and a producer at the same time and it's a lot of a lot of stuff but he has such a such a beautifully unique take on uh, melody and construction uh, that I would I would love to work with him uh, if you asked me about three years ago I probably would have said Ronnie James Dio mm-hmm. um, just because he's Ronnie James Dio mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I I understand. 
And also, uh, I saw you flipping through your like record collection through your eyes, just sort of like that person, no, that, that person. person? No. Well, there's there's just there's so many people that I would I would love to just sit down for for a month and cut a record. You know, I would even a lot of uh, bands like ABBA, like they had so many unique ideas that they were putting into what was essentially European pop music Mm -hmm. but it was so unique that it was theirs yeah and you definitely got that I mean you can't really listen to an ABBA song and not feel happy. Exactly. Like, <laughs> they, 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 they were a master of that. They, they cornered the market on joy. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of uh, their, their, their lyrical composing is absolutely genius and it's very poetic. Um, yeah, I would, I would honestly cut a record with ABBA. I would cut a record with David Bowie. Like I would love to work with anyone from the industry during uh, just the 60s to the 80s because that was kind of, in my opinion, one of the, the strongest points in American creative. Uh, oh, yeah, because, I mean, a bunch of technologies were being made and, and different sounds were really being played with. Yeah, and that was also a time when there weren't as many lines being drawn in the sand with genres. It was more about can you play and if yes, then come play with me. Uh, and that's how we got like such really, really cool uh, music from the era just because people from all disciplines were just getting together and attempting to make music. Uh, and it was really cool. Like uh, Blind Faith is a band that cut one record in 1969. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it had Steve Winwood and Eric Clapton Rick Gretsch and uh, Ginger Baker. And it was just such an odd combination of musicians, but it worked so beautifully because uh, you had like pretty much half of Cream, uh-huh. but also like Steve Winwood, who before becoming an American pop sensation uh, was playing strange hippie rock with Cream. <laughs> or half of cream, yeah. uh, and it just their 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 record, which is just called Blind Faith, is really really beautiful and well produced and uh, touched by angels, in my opinion. But, <laughs> uh, and you know that's the kind of thing that doesn't really happen in in the modern market because you're expected to stay in the proverbial lane mm-hmm. uh, and not deviate. Uh, from what you're expected to put out. Yeah, which is why something like, to use pop music as an example, when uh, Beyonce put out a, a country song, like everybody was like, oh my goodness. And I'm like, musicians have been doing that forever. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> totally normal. Um, band, uh, uh, band called Opeth, I believe they're Swedish. Um, they are absolutely intriguing because every record they put out is in like polarly opposite from yeah. every other record they've produced. Mm-hmm. Um, like they, they have produced like full on death metal records and then immediately after produced really mellow, somber, clean uh, records. Uh, which and then both, in my opinion, are equally beautiful. But I think it's incredibly cool that they're able to have success in doing 
essentially that being able to make whatever music speaks to them at that at that time. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's a it's almost a living thing. It's a language along. Uh, upon itself yeah and it's all under the same brand too which is the most impressive part for me that they can under the same brand sell a death metal record and sell like uh you know a a a somber european folk record Mm -hmm. uh you know still kind of rock and roll but a lot a lot heavier on the folk a lot heavier on the the acoustic instruments the clean tones uh and it's like that that that's inspiring to me that they're they they're able to achieve that level of success in doing that mm-hmm. um you said that you went to uh that you've gone to like outdoor concerts even just live performances yes um so do you have a favorite i It's kind of unfair to all of our other concerts, but I went to a concert called Hellfest in France, and it's the uh, the world's largest metal festival. <laughs> uh, and so, I mean, after that, you can't really uh, compare <laughs> anything else. It's not quite fair. But I personally really enjoy Sandia Amphitheater. I think Sandia Amphitheater has a really great sound to it. It's mm-hmm. very well constructed. Uh, I've never been to a show there that didn't sound... Uh, just phenomenal. I saw Buddy Guy there, uh, and the, the whole band. I was in like the very back back row, but there's no bad seats in the house, and you could hear everything perfectly. Uh, and you can feel the the vibrations through the seats, and it's it's. Uh, I like that venue a lot. Um, I like the Launchpad in Albuquerque because it's very personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see they do book a lot of reasonably big bands, uh, but it's still very personal. You can, you, it's a standing venue. You can get right up to the stage and see them three feet away from you, uh, which is really cool for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I've met a lot of my connections in the industry is just from being able to just go right up and say hi to whoever's uh, playing at the, uh, the just- launch pad. Just one of those. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? <laughs> let me let me let me carry those two hundred pound drums for you. Yeah, it's. I also find that it's a very uh, like small town feel too. Like mm-hmm. you know, very intimate, very very able to uh, be personable with others as long as you know. Well, you know how to. <laughs> yeah, and like that's the like places like Launchpad. They're booking pretty big acts. Like you know, they get guys like Marty Friedman. Uh, you know, from Megadeth, mm-hmm. and just massive, massive name playing this little podunk club in <laughs> Albuquerque, and I, I think that's a very definitively Albuquerque, and B really cool, because you can just go and see this this guy who normally plays gigantic stadiums where you have to sit half a mile away from the stage, and you can watch him from three feet away. Yeah, yeah and you're able to watch just the techniques, everything like that, instead of being like, oh, well, let me get my my opera glasses out and see if I could see the stage from here. Uh, <laughs> don't know why I had a British accent, but I did. Um, <laughs> uh, do you have a, a favorite story about one of your own performances? Uh, good or bad? <laughs> Either. It's just a favorite story of yours. Ah. Uh. If you want, you can do one of each. <laughs> one, one of each. Uh, 
Well, I, I have had a lot of really great performances, at least like for me, they felt great. Um, I personally, I played a gig about two years ago on the roof of the Cactus Brewery, um, which was not a very big gig. There was like two couches and maybe 15 people in the crowd, but it was on top of a three-story building right uh, over uh, the university district. So mm -hmm. you could like see the whole town and the sunset while we were playing. So, you know, you could look back and like see the sun setting over Albuquerque. And that was just a really cool uh, experience. Um, I think the, uh, I think I think personally the 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 worst gig I ever played. I don't know uh, exactly how horribly it went. Um, after my uh, teacher uh, Steve Mace had passed away, uh, and you know they had scheduled his memorial, uh, it became time for my wisdom teeth to come out almost like the same day. So it rains, I of course. Uh, so I went pretty much straight from oral surgery into playing at his memorial show. So I still had all kinds of fun and funky drugs in my system. <laughs> uh, and I was like, and it was all improvised. I was trying to play improvised music with a group of people that I had really never played with before. And like, while I was fighting off the the hydrocodone coma uh and it was interesting that i had to go 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 represent my uh my teacher Just while while in like probably the worst mental state i had been in in years just one of those uh, Santana fighting off his guitar that yeah, he yeah. A snake. yeah 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 <laughs> uh it was it was unpleasant but it was still uh I was still uh, happy to be able to do it and glad that I had the opportunity to. But, yeah, that was that was rough. Yeah. That was really rough. Um, is there a way to reach you or hear more of your music? Uh, yes. Um, I have, currently have one single out on Spotify right now. We're planning on having the rest of the EP out within the next four weeks. Um you can, uh, I am on uh, Facebook and Instagram, uh, Insun Blemmel. Uh, you can find me there. Uh, I do have a page for my guitar lessons, Insun Blemmel guitar and bass lessons. Um, you're always more than welcome to message me over those platforms. Uh, and I do have a page up on the Purple Wolf website. Uh, Josh knows, uh, how to get to that website, I'm not entirely sure. I have the link that I've been sending to people, but I don't know exactly what the uh, means to get there is without that link is. But that has my contact information. It has a free download of my single. Um, has a little bit of information on me as, a, as an artist. If you would like to hear more of InSun, go to www.purplewolfglobalmedia.com forward slash InSunBlemmel. You can download his music, check out some videos, and even ask InSun a question. There's also a place where you can donate to help InSun keep recording his music. All donations go directly to InSun.
The Voice from Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so very much yeah, for absolutely. joining us today. I'm happy to. Thank you. Thanks for joining us in this exploration of art and medicine. Thanks again to Ensign Blimmel for his time here in the studio and letting us learn about his music and motivations. Again, my name is Inkwell. We'll have more to share next time when the wolf talks. <laughs>